uh, taking a long uh, a long gaze uh, in a direction that is the farthest you can possibly look often helps me when I realize I've been looking at something six inches away from my face the entire time because, you know, uh, when I'm working on a car and I'm not working on a whole panel, I'm detailing things out. You're, you're good where that's at. Cool. Even um, if I lean back? Yeah, even if you lean Sweet. back. Sweet. I mean, it's going to hear my cat run across the room, so it's fine. That's fine. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'll be working on stuff close up, like, you know, a few inches away from my face for 10, 15 minutes at a time, and then I just look up for, like, 30 seconds and stare out the door or at the door or somewhere-ish that, you know, a massive amplitude further away than the thing I was looking at that's right in front of my face, you know, mm-hmm. and then just be like, look at that across the way and then look at it for 10 or 15 seconds. Well, yeah, that's what the doctor told me. He's like, oh yeah, you know, your eyes change, you get older, you know, they adapt. And I was like, oh, so me like working on art, like right in front of my face in dark settings for the past decade has made me not be able to see things far away. Especially at night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> shows and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm working under, you know, a five-watt bulb, like, you know, two inches from a painting. And I'm like, oh, that's why I can see up close really well. But far away now, I'm just like, oh. No. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> why? Stop. Okay. So that means I have to go get uh, my roast out of the oven. <laughs> I'm actually going to go get my glasses. <laughs> All right. We can, we can, uh, screw it. I'll just keep it running. <laughs> just yeah. I'll truncate the silence. <laughs> that's, that's the command in Audacity, I think. Actually, let's see your face now. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, where were we? Glasses. Glasses. That, that, that you have. That you have recently acquired. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm still getting used to them because I've done a few shows with them now. And, yeah, it's like when I'm painting and stuff, I kind of got to, like, lift them up because it hurts my head. But then I turn to talk so and I'm like, I can't see Wait your face. Like, I'm going to put my glasses on. Uh, I'm bad for looking over mine if they fall down my nose uh-huh. i'm real bad for that yeah i need to maybe get these a little i don't know, tightened up because yeah they do that slip down thing so i'm always like pushing them up like a nerd well i mean it, it also doesn't help that we're both wearing like polymer framed glasses that have no real nose pads they're just kind of like spots where your nose touch it yeah you know sort of kind of yeah i mean i just i was like these are the cheapest ones that like look okay yeah, <laughs> like, I was exactly. like, i'll get these for now and i'll figure it out down the road you know, and, and this is how you know this podcast is not sponsored by like Zenny Optical or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> or, or any LASIK people, right? Yeah, no, not a single one. <laughs> uh, so since we're here and we're doing the thing, uh, what have you been up to, man? Man, it's been a 
weird but good year for me artistically. Yeah. So I started the year with a big mural project for Condado Taco out in Turkey Creek, a little Mexican restaurant. Yeah, let's hear about that. And one, the company's really cool. They started in like Columbus, Ohio, and they have like 40, probably almost 50 stores now. But each one, they like contact local artists from whatever city they're building it in and have them come in and like paint all the walls. Well, that's super cool. Yeah. So they told me, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then, yeah, like uh, me and Curtis and Megan and Sean and a bunch of other people, like, well, it was like maybe like 10, maybe 12 of us um, that they contacted. And the one for Knoxville, the theme was Zodiac. So basically, like, oh, hey, like, you're going to do a Zodiac. We'll give you kind of which one and a few ideas. And, like, here's a few, like, characters we use that you can, like, use and incorporate. But, like, pretty free reign. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I ended up getting Pisces. And my section was the women's bathroom. Hey. Yeah. So it was cool. But, like, I theoretically can't go see it now. Yeah. And so, you can't go see no, it. No, I can't see it either. <laughs> Never, ever. I mean, maybe you can, like, look in the door, have someone, you know, <laughs> make sure it's clear, look in the door at it. or Send whatever. a female identifying friend in there to take pictures exactly. for you. Exactly. Yeah. But that was a fun project, and, like, it was, I did all paint, which for me is wild, and, you know, not even, like, my paint markers, like, brush and paint and spray paint, but, like. You grabbed a can? Yeah. yeah. Look at you. Well, there were lots of people around you already using spray cans. I'm yeah. Sure. I mean, some people did their whole wall in spray paint. And I was just like, well, Sean was there. He normally uses a spray can. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what, if Sean did the men's bathroom or if he did the one outside, I forget, but, but yeah, a lot of people did like, I mean, there's a dude that came in in like three or four days and like, boom, completely done. And yeah. I took like the full, it was like two weeks. So they gave you like, they contact you, whatever, you sign the thing. Like, all right, we're going to start in a week. Here's your theme. Here's your area. Here's a mock-up of the wall so you can, like, figure it out. So I had, like, a week to figure that out and, like, two weeks to paint it. And, like, so that was, like, the whole project. So were you in there, like, during construction of the whole place? Yeah, so they were still, like, yeah. which the electricians dropped piece of conduit on me one day no <laughs> it was like like i was sitting down on the ground like painting you know i was doing some low detail you know i kind of he heard them i know they were up like up above me and then you know, i kind of like, like leaned back for a second i heard oh shit and ping 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 <laughs> and like i mean inch in front of my nose it's like smacked the ground like bounced up and i think it hit my finger yeah, because I, I had to get, like, a Band-Aid. They're like, oh, shit, was anyone in there? Like, no, no, no one's in there. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm in here. <laughs> but, but, yeah, like, it went right in front of my face. Like, if I hadn't leaned back a couple seconds ago, it would have hit right on top yeah, of my head. Yeah, if you hadn't heard the appropriately timed, oh, shit. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, let me lean back. But that project was fun. It, I mean, it's the most I've ever been paid for an art project. I mean, it, I've made... Almost half of what I made last year in total off no of No shit. So I was, well, like, hell yeah. I was like, this is a great start to the year. Right. Um, and then the day after I finished that, I literally drove to New Orleans, painted two nights for Papadozio. It was great. And then I had three months where I didn't have a single art <laughs> So it was kind of like, oh, man, this year's starting off great. And then it was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and I, you know, I, got, I, had to, I got accepted for one event in... Detroit, but I had to K 
cancel it because it was mine and my girlfriend's anniversary weekend. And yeah, she she couldn't get the time off. And I was like, well, I can't go five states over or whatever during our anniversary. Um, And there's some other reasons I have to cancel it logistically. Because I was like, okay, well, I got to get hotels and this and that. Yeah. And then I didn't get accepted for a few festivals at like the start of the season. And then there's like no local shows that I wanted to paint or not even really many that came through. I don't think. Mm. And then, yeah, so I had this three months of just like, well, what, what do I do? <laughs> so I put a thing. I was like, Hey, I want to do some graphic design and getting a few like kind of tiny jobs doing like some flyers and stuff, but ended up uh, getting a really cool t-shirt design project for this band called Disgo out of uh indianapolis well outside of indianapolis like bloomington yeah. indiana uh it was really good and they're like you know up and coming in like the jam band electronic jam band world um but yeah so that was cool and i probably by the time this podcast airs that shirt should be released because we finalized it a few weeks ago so just however long it takes you know a print shop to get it made it should be coming yeah. out pretty soon um, well, this episode is going to be published late next month. So this will be episode two for August. So, yeah, I mean, I, I assume that since we're recording this in the future, future, future. <laughs> yeah, recording this the day before my birthday, actually. Yeah. Happy early birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, any, any big plans to celebrate thine birthday? Uh, I don't think I'm really doing anything tomorrow. We might like make dinner. <laughs> Angel wants to like you know make me some dessert or well, cake. Well, I, or I something. hope you would eat. That that's a good thing. But about. like you know like a special dinner. <laughs> right. But but no Saturday we're gonna have some friends over and kind of just do tacos and margaritas out on the deck. Hell yeah. But yeah. Thirty four is like cool. Like we'll hang out a few hours and that's, that's everybody that. can be in bed by eight if they want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was like. Yeah. I was like we'll do like three to like nine. Like no hard cut off. I was like. And I was like, yeah, they're they're married. They're you know. I was like, yeah, most people I would imagine probably nine or ten. Probably like, yeah, oh, yeah God, time yeah. to hit the trail. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll probably do the same. Like, yeah, time to just go inside. Right. Yeah, um, the shortest commute of all. <laughs> yep. But, but yeah, I had that big big long break and nothing. But you know, kind of got some graphic design uh, jobs, which is really cool. Then I got another mural in Pigeon Forge last month. That was like for an art park thing with a, where they do the cutouts where it's like you put your face in it. Oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I did like a big sugar skull and cut the eyes out so people can put their faces in it. That was fun. And then, yeah, I just did like my two festivals uh, sequence and resonance and. Now I'm kind of looking at like another month or two of just like, <laughs> oh, I don't really got much on the books. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's been one of those years. I'm like, oh man, really cool stuff to big lulls of being like, okay, I got to find something. Right. Uh, I think market wise, I haven't, I've only done one market this year so far. And that was the spring chicken fest, which was pretty cool. Uh, I like that a lot. I'm doing the dark market and the uh, punk rock flea market. And those are the only two on the calendar right now. Yeah, so I, I can't say I've been punk rock, but I always forget until like, oh, hey, it's this weekend. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, I yeah. forgot to That's, fly. This is the first time I've been proactive about it and like set a reminder in my phone for the day the registration opens and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And I got in. So that's cool. 
It's also the most expensive booth fee I've ever paid. What is it? Uh, it I think it's ninety bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's like... pricey, but um, but if you have it, the stuff, like, it has it has it. a reputation of being worth it. Yeah, and and lots of people have told me that, so I'm just gonna bite the bullet and see what happens. That's kind of where I've been on markets because I haven't done any this year, maybe even last year. Maybe I did one last year. I but... mean, both of us know what it's like to try to sell our work at places where they're also selling soap and laser cut wood earrings. Exactly. You know, so it's not like the. You know, I'll take a chance on a, on a, a slightly more counterculture environment for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, I did that, that home lounge, which was yeah more geared towards like kind of the hippie thing, and you know they had music and whatnot. And then I did did a few at the Pride Center. They were good, but I I just don't have the inventory. You know, it's like I got a couple paintings on hand at any moment, and then like prints and stickers. But it's yeah. like even a ten by ten easy up. I'm just like I don't have enough to fill up like half of this. Like. Like, I, you know, I can probably make my money back. Maybe I'll make something, but then I'm like, oh, and then I'm out of stuff, and I got to, like, make yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. I, the biggest thing my brain has been consumed by about booth setup stuff is shelving and, like, upright, uh, yeah, upright so display yeah, I need space. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got some stuff laying around. I could I could uh, cobble together makes it sound not great, but it'll work fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can get together, and then that's that's about it because it's only like four feet tall, and that's kind of, you know, damn mm-hmm. it. I want uh, I want to get stuff like vertical eye level that people can look at from across the room, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I got those grid wall sections that which we use for are show. awesome, but it's like yeah, it's like I'll bring those and hang them up, and then so I'm like, okay, well, it's like one wall of this thing and I got some paintings on it and then that's still like generally all I have on hand at a time so yeah so I think in general for a, an art display booth is a, no matter what the setup is weird mm-hmm. and you know uh, one of my buddies does a lot of um, pop art fan art kind of stuff and I see his setups when he goes to cons and things and he's in a pipe and dray 10 by 10 booth and he's got that whole Pop and drape ten foot section behind him, and it's so nice, and mm-hmm. it's air conditioned and stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. But yeah, I'm trying to upgrade my setup, and maybe by the end of this year and going in the next year because you know, I, uh, I guess one thing I forgot to mention, I joined Relay Ridge, yeah, you the, did the community print shop here in town. So I'm like, cool, I can finally like, get back in a print shop and like start making a bunch more product again so just like oh here's digital prints my paintings like no here's like one-off prints or you know a series of this Mm -hmm. that's you know this one thing and like so i'm really like cool i can like start like making more stuff again going back to what i was doing in college and stuff you know i've been kicking around in my head for a decade like man if i was in a print shop i'd you know be doing this and now there's this really cool one here in town (laughs) yeah yeah for listeners that didn't know relay ridge uh north knoxville off broadway like across the street from where the concourse is basically and like broadway vet clinic uh there's a cool community print shop they got a they got a gallery space that they do first fridays and stuff in and then the other half of it is like studios like i want to say six studios maybe that you know for artists to rent out and whatnot and then on the far side is you know a print shop that uh, I know they're doing classes in currently, so if you're interested in printmaking, or, you know, relief or screen printing or monotyping, uh, maybe I think I think they're getting a litho 
like station press or just did so that might be something coming up but like yeah you can go and take classes you can also pay a f- monthly fee to like go and use it if you have a you know experience and uh yeah the owners ashton and andrew really cool people known known them for a while she was a grad student at ut when i was an undergrad in printmaking so you know I saw she opened that up. And I was like, oh, my God, finally. <laughs> Been waiting for this for like a decade. Like, let's like, go. All right, here we go. I'm sold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I kind of sold most of my printmaking equipment. I still got an exposure unit I'm looking to sell if anyone wants one. Um, but I was like, cool. I was like, I can sell this stuff now. I don't got the space for it. I can free up my own studio space and just go to the print shop and mm-hmm. you know, make stuff when I need to. Uh, are there any other names you want to drop that work around this space? Uh, I don't know too many people in there now. They just got like two new studio people that have just moved in. Um, but yeah, I've met a few people. I'm so bad with names. Um, <laughs> but I know a few of them kind of. But I've only been up there maybe like twice this month because I, I had those festivals and stuff. Um, but I'm going to try to get in there again before the end of the month. Well, before next week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, well, I, I got a, sh- a show in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Um, Papadozia is playing there. So I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'm going to go paint that. And I'm just like now realizing, like, oh, I don't have anything to work on. I need to, like, make yeah. something new. Right. <laughs> uh, so I was like, cool. I'm going to get. Because I'm trying to. I know we had this conversation last time about my decade long look of going from paper to canvas to these different boards and stuff. And now I'm finally like, Oh cool. I'm going to go back to paper now (laughs) that I'm in a print shop. I'm like, cool. I can start doing monotypes and printing back on top and like, you know, coloring and painting in back at live shows. I'm like, cool. I'm going to start doing that again. Hell yeah. As soon as I finally was like, Hey, I think I found like the right boards. I need to be doing this on back to square one. And, and it's all downhill from here again, (laughs) but it's, you know, it's papers cheaper in a sense, than, you know, canvases. Yeah. Uh, speaking of how expensive canvases are, that big fish painting, did you send that off with somebody to collab? Yeah, uh, Ben Reddersdorf here in town, um, which actually, yeah, I gave it to him. He did some stuff on it, but then I took it up to resin as to hang in the gallery as, you know, work in progress. I right. was like, oh, man, this is so cool. I'm like, yeah, I need to get it back to Ben. So he can, like, <laughs> finish like up his section. Then I can go back and, like, all those like squares and stuff, the tile background, like I've got to do a whole another layer on. I'm going to try tone them instead of doing like the two tones on them. So it's like, it's coming along, but I mean, yeah, I mean that painting, it's been, <laughs> it's got some miles on it now. <laughs> well, Cause it was an old, old painting from about a decade ago with me and my roommate. We collabed on it. It sat around unfinished forever. I gave it to Ben, same Ben. It's like, Hey man, collab on this one. Cause we've collabed on a bunch of stuff. Like, it got real crazy. We painted on it one night and just got a little too sideways. And <laughs> it, it was looking real, real rough. <laughs> Gave it to him. It sat at his house for three or four years. And he was moving. He's like, hey, man, you can have this canvas back. And I looked down. I was like, yeah, I'm going to paint over this. It's like, I know it's my new. turn, but. <laughs> so, yeah, started something new. Started doing that fish painting and everything. Kind of got to a point. I was like. Hey, Ben, <laughs> yeah, get hop this. back on this one. <laughs> get on this with me. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that painting, that, that canvas has been around and around. <laughs> but, no, we're, we're 
he's going to Soundhaven this weekend, so I might try to get up with him before he goes, or maybe once he gets back and be like, "Hey, let's let's sit down and finish this." Finally. Right. Uh, well, yeah. Last time I saw it, we were painting at the caverns, and uh, I think it was the biggest thing anybody had there. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I want to say it's like a three by four. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Because you and I talked about it about how annoying big canvases are to put in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because I got a little Prius. I'm just like, how, where do I even put this? Yeah, but yeah, like that was George Clinton, wasn't it? Last last July. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was a year ago. Yeah, uh, I saw one painting that night to one of the band members. I don't remember which one, but I was stoked. The one of uh, Parliament. Yeah, I, I mean, there was like 15, I know, 20 right? of them on stage. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. You know, it was cool. Yeah. He's like, my girlfriend would love this. And I was like, here's the price. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man, caverns. I wish they were allowing painters this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or not that they're not allowing it, because every time I talk to them, they're like, oh, cool, yeah, let's figure it out. And then it's always like, no, we're not doing it for the show. And it's like, well, okay. Well, I've also enjoyed my concert going experience without having to lug things into the venue. That's true. Nice. I feel lost when I do that. These days, I'm just like, Where do I go? Where well, do I stand? I, what do I do? I, I sort of uh, stopped right there in front of the bar and just like looked at the room and looked around. And I was like, oh yeah, I should go further into the room. I don't have to be right here. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I love caverns. I haven't been this year yet, but uh, Papadozzi is doing their subterranea two three-day festival there again this year and pretty sure they're pushing for painters i'm pretty sure we'll have a yeah i would hope yeah if they can't pull it dear god (laughs) yeah no that's kind of the last bastion i'm just like cool if if the band's asking for it and they don't allow it then we know it's dead but if if the band asks for it and they allow it then there's still some hope right yeah because yeah they loved it last year they're always so cool about it and supportive and loved it and i think they just got a lot bigger this year have more upper management that's kind of like profit margins are so slim on shows and concerts and bands that like especially after the pandemic and everything you know like, yeah it's 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 a small scale thing to worry about yeah. and they got a big operation and i think there's people up top are like we're not making money off that so so no, no. yeah <laughs> like we could sell eight more tickets or we could not make money off these painters who which they're there's a fine line, and I think a few people crossed it at Caverns last year because I, I did a you know multiple shows there of like live painting and vending. So, you know, I'll have a print rack and maybe a couple paintings for sale. Yeah. I think that's okay, but then you have these people come in with clothing racks and stickers and print, you know, like five print racks and a whole grid wall of like twelve paintings and yeah. stuff. I'm like, well, there's people that pay to vend that are outside the cave, you know, that like have less stuff than the people in the cave who got in for free yeah. and then are making all this. So it's like, I feel like that fine line kind of got crossed and I feel like maybe someone got upset. I'm, this is all conjecture, but I've noticed it a lot in a lot of venues and a lot of different things the past couple of years. Yeah, and a lot of venues being more strict about painting or even charging you to paint or taking commissions on sales. Well, I mean, I, I never feel uh, bad if, if I can paint, but I have to buy a ticket. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best case scenario, but I don't feel bad about it. Cause if I wanted to go and not paint, guess what I'd have to do? Buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, but it is a weird thing of kind of being like, well, 
also it's like, changing but i feel it's a lot of people being like we're already not making money we need to be making more money to make up for the past couple of years let's cut this from yeah it, you know I mean, also though if you ask me to come paint i'm not bringing my stock yeah like i'll bring the painting i'm working on and my stuff mm-hmm. and that's it yeah like i said you know I'm, it varies but, you know i'll bring my print rack yeah, I've seen your setup. Stickers. It's not obnoxious, but we've both yeah. seen obnoxious setups. Exactly. And we could both name a couple of people we know that do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come in with like two tables worth and you know, print, you know, clothing racks full of clothes. And if you've got more that. than a second uh, collapsible uh, rolly cart, that's... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because <laughs> they'll be like, oh, there's vendors here too. And generally vendors are paying yeah. to go. And then if, yeah, you have people that are making more money than the vendors and getting in for free it, it's a it's a weird thing that a lot of people don't really think about but it's it's becoming more to the forefront i feel like I some just, places are getting more strict on it while others are still like i just feel like there's a lot it. more uh transparency in these kind of shenanigans these days people are willing to speak up a little bit easier now yeah, about it exactly <laughs> that's right. for sure um so curveball or left field where, where's your has your style changed any you working on any new techniques uh any like print making things you got going on in your head um so style uh i mean i've still been developing like that kind of new you know watercolor background then printing back on top of it and then you know going back into those prints with paint pens and then doing like the highlighter on other parts kind of like building more layers instead of like a print on it highlighter thing mm-hmm. you know i feel like i've been kind of going back and forth on that for a few years but like now that i'm going back to printmaking, like all that came from what i used to do in college where i would like monotype which is basically where you kind of make one-offs and like so you get like a piece of plexiglass and you get your inks and your rollers and kind of like do a painting on like this plexiglass and then you put your piece of paper down on it and print it. So it's like, you know, these kind of one, I mean, you can, I mean, you could just do flat colors or you could do like rainbow rolls. So you can make it repeatable, but you, the way I usually try to do it is make them one, one of a kind. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of what I kind of started trying to do with the watercolor backgrounds, kind of recreate that sort of design but now I'm like, cool, I'm going to go back to monotyping and like make these one-off backgrounds, print it, and then you know, print back on top with a silk screen and then color back in on, around it. So style's changing, but also it's kind of the same idea, just using a different medium and a different process to do it. And I've been doing a lot of digital art still, and I still have released none of it in public. <laughs> I think we talked about this last yeah, time. Yeah, you, you mentioned there was a, a treasure trove of things that nobody's ever seen. <laughs> it's still, well, because we were talking about this off mic, but like Photoshop now has like an AI generative like feature built in. Yeah. So I've been messing with that, and I've made a bunch of really cool things. So I'm just like, kind of, we were talking about it earlier, but it's like, but did I make it? Yeah, it's, is this it, something I should be like, hey, buy prints of this? Or just like, hey, here's this thing I made with AI. Like, it's cool, right? I feel like there's that's like a two-pronged internal conflict. Like, do I, like, how do I disclose or do I disclose? And then how do I feel about it when I do? Yeah, it's like, am I going to try to commodify this and be like, hey, buy this art I made? 
with AI or just like, hey, I'm messing around with AI. Look at this thing. It's cool, right? Yeah. But like not make prints of it, not try to sell it, not put it on anything. But also at a certain point, be like, well, but I made this with this generative AI where I set all the settings and, you know, tweaked it through 10 different iterations mm-hmm. to get this cool image. And then I put it back into Photoshop or Illustrator and added this and this and changed it. Like, you know, I feel like once I get to that point, but hey, cool, I made this right. with the help of AI. Yeah, I feel like that's the more transparent statement. Yeah. And there's not a lot of that when people start talking about that kind of artwork. Yeah, because, yeah, it's it's a conversation I've tried to avoid the past year or so since <laughs> it's become such a hot topic right? thing. But it's like, it is a tool. And if you use it as a tool in a series of tools, I feel like that's okay. But if it's your only tool and you're just being like, this is a prompt I did and I made a bunch of cool stuff. But it's like, <laughs> you know, cosmic kittens DJing in space is, you know, something like that. And like, oh man, I got these awesome, awesome <laughs> images out of it. Cause you know, well with the, with the Photoshop thing, and I think it's the same with mid journey and other ones like that, where like, you can be like in this style, like yeah, you know, yeah. change the different filters, you know, like real, really kind of hone in onto like an aesthetic yeah, so, you know, I did that, and I made these really cool images, but, like, I have done nothing other than that to that. Right. So, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to, like, post this, but, like, I made this art. I'd probably post it, like, hey, I threw this prompt into AI. This is what it made. Pretty cool, huh? So, here's here's where it's taking up space in my, in my brain. Mid-Journey occupies a small corner, and odd strings of words will come to my brain, and I'm like, this is perfect. And I will type those words into Midjourney and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, my coworker asked me, he said, "Hey, can you mix Mark Rebier's face with a Rivian truck?" <laughs> and I, oh I, I, I tried it. I didn't have anything that you would say fit that exact criteria as an end result, but it was still a fun exercise. I'm sure it made some interesting images. Oh boy, it put a generic man's face on the front of a Rivian truck. And like the headlights were his eyeballs and stuff. It was goofy. Um, And then uh, I asked it to generate pigeons playing ping pong. And that was the quote for the prompt. Nothing. Yeah. No waiting in any way. Just that's it. Plain simple. And it made it put a lot of pigeons on ping pong tables eating like scrap food breadcrumbs like whatever you know yeah as pigeons are seen to do Did but i was like that? Uh, i'd put it on my instagram yeah i think story. i saw yeah, it and i was, I was like that's pretty cool. it was it was goofy as shit and i sat through like i don't know six or eight iterations of it trying to get one that where they were legitimately playing ping pong i just mm-hmm. could for my my prompt script writing skills aren't adept enough in mid-journey to really make that work yeah yet. Exactly. i'm getting there i'm studying it but it's ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. I was just like, fine, this will work. These are all ridiculous. Like, this meets the criteria of something I would have laughed at if I saw somebody else post it, you yeah, know? Right. But yeah, post it as like, hey, this is a funny thing. But yeah, it's it's that weird divide of like, are you trying to commodify this and sell it as a piece? Of, are you going to make prints of it? It's like, no. So also, I've put some of the stupid shit I've made with it on t-shirts, and that's yeah. on my Etsy store. Like, you can drop ship that from Printful yeah. off my Etsy you store. A, right? a purple neon lightning mountain race car shirt? I got you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's labeled some similar thing to that. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> one thing I've been doing, so I might have mentioned this last, but I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and a lot more the past year. Like, I DM two campaigns 
weekly playing another one. And I just did my first in-person D&D in like seven, eight years. Like my friend, she lives in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And she was like, Hey, I'm like trying to get a thing together down here. Get some like people introducing the play D&D. Like I'll pay you to come down and like DMs. Like went down there and like, yeah, like met these people, helped them create characters one night, next day we met up at the bar and like, you know, I sat down and DM to one shot and I had little tokens and stuff. I was like, man, like I would love to get into this, but I've used <laughs> AI to be like, Hey, this NPC in my thing, you know, just like make character mm-hmm. art for dungeons and dragons or make, you know, stuff like that. You know, I tried that and I was like, Oh, I was like, I can see this. Cause like, yeah, this isn't a tool I'm selling to someone. It's like, Hey, I want some cool looking art for this, you know, halfling rogue merchant they're gonna meet like type that in there and like you know get a cool thing then just make like cut out of their face boom like right way better than me like looking online for other people's artwork stealing other people's artwork. like no i made this and it's what i want and it's custom this... for this game and exclusive exactly and it's like <laughs> the only people are gonna see it are the people playing dungeons and dragons with me like I said it's not right doing this and that but like i see like i said it's a tool i'm like cool like this is going to make me... Well, and I've used ChatGPT. I'm, like, writing another campaign. So I've used it to write prompts for Midjourney, and I'm trying to figure out how to make those two things work really well mm-hmm. together. But, yeah, I was like, hey, I'm going to, du- you know, run this campaign in Dungeons & Dragons. Like, here's my idea of the overarching... St- you know, like, wrote a bunch of stuff out, and, you know, it started, like, filling in those gaps for me. I'm like, oh, here's some NPC names, and here's different whatevers and here's maybe a way to connect those two ideas or that bad guy and this bad guy and i was just like this is amazing <laughs> i was like and you know i'd tell my friends like hey this is like co-written with chat gpd like i have my whole idea i know what the bad guys are i know what like my story is you know this is just filling fleshing out scenes like fleshing mm-hmm. out the tavern like fleshing out wherever you're going but yeah i think ai is a great tool and i think it's has a lot of great uses but also flip side of that there's a lot of things you could do with it that aren't cool yeah uh, just as many uncool things because yeah any any technology is inherently neutral you know it's just what people do with it so you know the last the thing before uh topped in uh professor rainbow into ai that i showed you earlier the, the last two things i topped into mid journey was starry soda (laughs) and it it was just i'll show you but it's ridiculous and then um um cat fractals or something like that you know Mm -hmm. so these are the terms that come out of my brain into this online service in a discord server right so nefarious well like i said it's like sometimes you'll get like something really cool and you can take that like i said throw like use it as like an inspiration for a painting or use it as an inspiration for a digital piece and yeah. make stuff into it out of, you know, like add to it. Cause that, that uh, I posted yesterday or the other day about, you know, a sale on my website for my, my birthday. And yeah, that background image is actually something I made in, uh, that AI Adobe thing. Um, but I, you know, added the text on top of it, but it's like, it's like, cool. It's a little promo image. Like it, so, but yeah, it was, I think it was like rainbow fractals or, yeah triangle rainbow fractals and you know made something like that i was like this is cool yeah. <laughs> like, um i did i so i did two versions of a poster for the next sauce entertainment show at brickyard one of them is a real life picture of my buddy 
uh, like laid out backwards, fallen over in the grass in his lawn chair uh, at the end of the night. And then the other one is a brick wall sidewalk kind of scene with all kinds of graffiti on it that I generated in mid-June. I couldn't, I couldn't not make the one of my buddy passed out mm-hmm. because I had to. Exactly. A lot of people needed it. And I mean needed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other one I could have fun with. So I made the, you know, I was just like urban graffiti, brick wall, blah, blah, blah. And went through a couple of iterations and that's the one I chose because it just looked like a random red brick wall literally covered in graffiti, graffiti yeah. next to the sidewalk. So yeah, it worked out just fine. Things you could even take those and take your buddy passed out, cut him out, throw him, you know, or you know. Do something like that if you wanted. That, if it was the, the something more. The picture was toned but, green, so he'd be out of uh, place in the daylight, universal lighting, whatever. But um, I should just start photoshopping him into things. Yeah, green, exactly. green and all. That's, I like this idea. I'm not going to tell him, <laughs> and he won't find out unless he listens. But yeah, one thing I used to do in college. This is such a. <laughs> this is not a stupid idea. It's a funny idea, and it was. I mean, I was like 20, 21 at the time, but I like, did a whole like project in one of my classes about like portraits of me in outer space you know i'd make them in photoshop you know get some space backgrounds from, you know i think i use like actual nasa photos because i think mm-hmm. they're all like free to use they there's are. like a whole like <laughs> you know high res like these are pictures of space you know do whatever free license you know whatever so grab those just grab random photos of me photoshop me you know built up layers whatever but then like would separate them into like the CMYK layers and like you know, actually make physical prints of them yeah. with uh you know blow blacklight ink and whatever. And that is one thing I think I do kind of want to go back to. Yeah, maybe like make stuff with AI, make these images, but then like you know manipulate them, kind of you know make them more you know make a cool image out of some AI and some physical manipulation and photos. But then, yeah, separate them, then do some physical prints of it, because then cause at least I'm doing something at that point. I'm not just like, I made this in AI, printing it off a computer, buy it. I'm like, no, I made this, but then I like separate the layers out, and I physically like printed it and mixed this ink to make it look like this. Right. And now it's like a physical image that you could buy that's at least removed somewhat from just AI making it. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a poor painting. Yeah. Floor painting is really cool and it's pretty, but if you don't do anything on top of it, I get really bored with That's it really fast. That's how I, like, I hate to say it because I know so many people that do it, but I'm just like... I ain't scared. It's like, cool. <laughs> cool. Like, that's really pretty. I know how you did this. Exactly. And it's like, I don't want to say it doesn't take talent because it does take some knowledge of different mediums and, you know, practice to make, make cooler stuff versus stuff that maybe doesn't mix well or looks bad, but like... Yeah. So many people do it now. I'm just like, that's cool. But uh, there's an artist, Stephen. I think he just goes by like Stephen the Artist. He does. But yeah, he'll do poor paintings, but then he does that airbrush on top of it and makes images, and uh, it is fantastic. You saw all of his uh, sculpture-inspired work and stuff here recently late. I think so, yeah. He was at Waverly. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that. He was just at Waverly. Man, I love watching him work. He's so talented. Yeah. Um, hope to get his ass on the microphone one day. Where's um, you know where he's from? Texas, I uh, think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I asked him. Uh, he and his lady are both really cool, and she painted on the back side of the wall that he was on, and she painted this really nice, like, um, sort of picture frame thing 
with like a, a pink sky inside of it and clouds like coming out of the picture frame onto the wall. It was really nice. But uh, yeah, they they they're awesome. But yeah, yeah I remember I saw him work. at Secret Se- Dreams yeah. last year. Did you get to like chat with him for a few minutes? I didn't him? talk to him, but I watched him work one night because yeah, it's like the you know the background painting. You know, it's like it's like a poor painting or whatever. It's all you know weird, but like yeah, he's taking that air, and I think he did the like. That's one where he did like the Michelangelo's David head, mm-hmm. you know, like airbrushed it on top, like brought out these areas. And I was just like, I was like, yes, yes. Like, yes, that's what you should be doing. Do mm-hmm. a poor painting, but then something on top of it to make it different than other poor paintings. It was, yeah. it was, that's when I started following him. I think and I was just like, man, yes, this is awesome. Yeah. He's, he's super talented and really nice dude. Uh, if you get a chance to like spend five minutes with him, go for it. He's super yeah. nice. Um, cannot speak. Uh, enough kind words about that human being um it just sucks that i was so far away from him at the park in the spring because i was on the other side of the park Mm. that all the front line walls are great walls they're just in the sun all day and i'd rather paint a 30 foot shinron in the shade oh yeah uh, (laughs) that mural i did in pigeon forge is i think i started it like the start of june and it was like well, up until recently, it was like the hottest days of the year. Like, it was yeah, like, up until recently. <laughs> yeah, up until the record-breaking heat days. But, uh, but yeah, it was like the first days where I was like, oh, it's summer in East Tennessee. It's really high humidity and it's like 90 degrees in the sun. I remember yeah. just be, being out there, direct sunlight, being like, oh, my God. I was like, this is... But the paint was drying really fast. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> it, it was good for that. But I remember, you know, I sat behind my little wall at one point and I was listening to you know, some Papadezio set or whatever. I remember just like fully dissociating for like 15, 20 minutes. just like kind of sitting in the shade, just getting lost in the music, just being like, you know, I got to like not be in the sun for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I, and the wall I got to paint was a primo wall. I've been wanting to paint that wall ever since I went to my first event and I saw that shit up there on the hill and I was like, I want to paint that fucking wall. And I finally got to paint Is that, that the wall. one you did with Sean? Or is yeah, the one I did time? with Sean. Nice. Uh, I, I was so happy I was able to drag his ass out there, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he and I and Elliot worked on Shinron, and it was cool. Nice. Yeah, we had a blast. Yeah, I, uh, I applied for Paint Memphis, or at least I'm 90% sure I applied for Paint I, Memphis this year. I applied, too. I don't expect to get in, but I'm happy I didn't miss the deadline this time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the thing. I saw it online. I was like, cool. Wrote down, like, you know, made it on my sticky pad on my, like, computer. I was like, cool. But, but Curtis is like a featured artist this year at Paint Memphis. So he has like, I was talking to him, he has some little bit of say in like some of the artists and stuff. So I know he is trying to like grab a few other Knoxville people. Well, that would be cool because my name's in the hat. Same. And... Well, you know, I, I know this is why I said I've never gone to Waverly because it's not paid. And it's like, well, it's hard for me to like do something not paid. And hey, Memphis isn't paid. Right. But my brother lives in Memphis and it's in October. Right. And Papadozio just announced like a Memphis show like around the same week as that. I was like, okay. You, you got all the reasons. I was like, I could go stay with my brother. So, you know, financially, I'm just, you know, out gas and food. It's a great opportunity because it is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And theoretically, hopefully I got this other show I can paint and make money at. Right. So it's like, it could be a money-making opportunity. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel like the things I've done at Waverly uh, put me in good standing for, for what I could do in Memphis. Mm-hmm. And driving to Waverly and driving to Memphis is not 
not too no, far off. No. I mean, it's a few hours, but it's not. It's a few more hours, but at that point, you're already you're already past Nan- yeah, yeah, you're past Nashville already. It's like not too much farther. Yeah, just keep going till you hit the river. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really haven't been out to Memphis in a long time. Did I stopped. I was there once for Memphis in May. My dad used to be on a barbecue team, so we went, and uh, I was nineteen. I'm thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't been freewheeling about the city ever. You know, I just mm-hmm. went for the barbecue competition and came home. Yeah, I went and I, I turned thirty four tomorrow, but I went and painted for like a New Year's show there in like twenty ten. Yeah. Twenty ten, twenty eleven. So you know, thirteen whatever years ago. Um, I think it's that no, I went and visited my brother. I went and I like vended at Wakarusa one year. Uh, okay. Um, so I stopped in either before and after or both and stayed with my brother because he was living there then. That was like 2013. That's the last time I've like stopped in Memphis. I've like driven through it once or twice since then, but yeah, I mean, it's been a, a decade. Yeah. So, uh, I just want to go act a fool inside that giant Bass Pro Shops pyramid. And uh, get asked to leave in not so polite way. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a story. <laughs> I, I want to make a story. Yeah. Like, can you imagine how many people go in there and just act a fool? Though not only is it a vast pro shop, it's in a side of giant fucking pyramid. Right. And well, wasn't I'm not the Grizzlies played there too? Right. right? It's so. either there or not right next to it. Uh, I, something I, like so, that. Because my brother is a big Grizzlies we fan. We know sports on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> it's like. I mean, well, you know, uh, Women's World Cup starts tomorrow. You're right. And uh, apparently the U.S. is in trouble. Oh, really? I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I thought we were number one still. I don't know. We are, but there's a lot of good talent out there. So Good. Or so NPR says. Well, hey, I trust (laughs) NPR on that. I know our first game's like Vietnam, and I know that one seems to be fine. I think our group's fine. I don't know. I, I... Women's soccer, like men's soccer, and like college football are about the only sports I really pay any attention to, and it's only like when they're on. You mm-hmm. know, it's like I don't, you know, I don't follow. You get online and talk stuff and this and that, but man, you know, I watched the Goodwood Festival of Speed the other day, and I've never been so sad to see rain in England. Oh yeah, yeah, because I wanted to watch these cars run up this hill, be mm-hmm. real fast, and some even act a fool, and it was raining. Is that is that F one or is that something else? No, that's a it's a motorsports festival that oh, happens. Just motorsports. Yeah, yeah, so it's just they have cars from all ages and eras and all kinds of stuff. They just send them up this hill on this guy's farm. When I say this guy's farm, he's you know rich and yeah. well off and, and whatever. Uh, social elites, you know, but they have all kinds of crazy cool cars from all over the world that are all sorts of ages, and uh, you know you could like ride next to a. 1923 whatever in a 70s NASCAR chasing a brand new electric car. like Yeah. You know, that kind of crazy stuff. I was going to say, because F1 apparently is like the biggest sport now. I don't know if technically it is, but like everyone I well, know F1's now is like... the most like, popular motorsport. I don't think it's got soccer beat though. Well, yeah. We're, but just like, I know so many friends are just like all of a sudden just like F1, F1, F1. I'm just like, I don't care. I think Formula E is way cooler. I'm just not a big car person or auto person, so I'm just like, I don't see the appeal. Yeah, it's fair. But, I mean, I don't knock it. I mean, I like stuff. I, I like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, <laughs> I, I can't really knock you for liking, like, racing or whatever, you know? It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to, like, roll dice and make funny 
accents and play characters and fight monsters. I mean, I also enjoy fighting monsters. Kaiju I mean, movies are the best. See, I'm not <laughs> not too big on them. I like some of them, but it's not something I like seek out. Like right. I haven't watched a Godzilla movie since like the Brendan Fraser one. Oh man, you got not Brendan Fraser, Matt Matthew Broderick. You still you you there's some good no Godzilla. wait. I watched the one like with Brian Cranston was the dad. And he dies early on in it. There's more good Godzilla content out there. Oh, I know. Just, well, like just, the anim, like the most recent, like cartoon one, apparently is really good. That's been on Netflix. Yeah, but I don't know. I just there's so many net animes and cartoon stuff like that. Though I'm like, oh, I want to watch that, but Angel's not into it, so it's like we don't. Where do you find the time? Yeah, it's like <laughs> cool. We watch our things together, and then it's hard to find my own time to like go and watch like the things <laughs> just I want to watch. But also. I've been watching Dimension 20, which is a live play Dungeons and Dragons no show. And like, I've been, t- there's like 12, 14 seasons. Of, you know, each season's a different cast and characters and whatever. I've just been tearing through them. That, that Not even the past really cool. year. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, one of my more recent guests, uh, Brandy Augustus, she does this five comedians in a DM thing where she and a bunch of local comedians play D&D in front oh, of a crowd at Central Cinema. Awesome. Yeah. I I need to get in touch with them. Yeah. Cuz like I I've been DMing the 5th edition with the most recent like Dungeons and Dragons for this one campaign we're about to finish we've been playing it like for 3 years but I and like I said, I just did this other one. So like, I'm fairly competent DM in the rules department and running stuff. Like, I'm still not, I don't really do, like, voices that much. Or, you know, I'm not, like, a improviser and stuff. But it's, like, I'm good at running a game with, you know, through the rules. But, like, that sounds awesome. I've been looking for some local. After doing that last weekend, I'm like, all right, I really want to just, like, get paid to play D&D now. <laughs> I've had that thought for a while. I'm, like, watching this show and, like, because they do, like, actual battle maps where, like, they have a whole art department that, like, oh, makes shit, these nice. awesome-ass maps and minis and, like, you know, interactive... Oh, they go all out there. Yeah, right? and I'm just like, it's like, that's, that's, like... I've, How do I work on this shit? Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> it's in L.A. and I don't necessarily want to move to L.A., but I'm like, how do I find that here or start that here? Like... Right. It's like, I... We'll always paint at shows and festivals. Like I love it. I'll never not do that. But I am trying to find ways to maybe take my art in more or different avenues. And like I said, I love playing Dungeons and Dragons and like being able to like take that and like you know, like I said, make an AI thing of a per. Well, uh, there's a program called Hero Forge. But you have a 3D printer, right? Or did? I do not do. There are two of them in the room over there. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like Hero Forge, and like that, you know, you can make minis, and you know, they give you the file to like, you know, 3D yeah. print them, and it's like do that, and then paint them, and I'm just like, all right, like I need to like get into the world of like miniature painting and making terrain, and like playing Dungeons and Dragons in person, and like I love playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a think I'm a better player than DM. But also be on the art side of it, and like maybe DM something, and then also make all the art for it. I that style of fantasy artwork is something that's always uh, like been in my back pocket. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. I, like that is not far from my long list of inspirations at all. 
Especially when you get into like the seventies, like Conan the Barbarian, Frank Frazetta. That yeah, guy. I think we talked about yeah, this I last time. Shit. Actually, we know. We, we know yeah, it's good. I, I don't know if I watched it before. Uh, no, I think it was after we had our last podcast. But it was a great documentary. It might be on Amazon about like the art of Dungeons and Dragons, like how they started and it's just like these random people. And then like they got to like Frank Fazette and like all these other mm-hmm. people and like making these massive paintings that, you know, they use for the art for the books and stuff. I found uh, a YouTube documentary thing the other day about the background art in Looney Tunes. Oh yeah. I bet that's awesome. Uh, it was, it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I saw like a clip of a reel from like a, a documentary about, I think it was the making of Akira. I yeah. like the background artist for that. Like how just insane that mm-hmm. was. And like, I don't know if I've ever, I, I know for a fact, I've never watched all of Akira. I know I've started it and it's been on my list and I might even go home and watch it tonight. But like, it's like one of the most highly rated like animes ever. Yeah. It's a, an amazing piece of, I'm going to say it cinema. Exactly. Cause it is. <laughs> well, and like the whole bike slide, like I saw something of just like how iconic that is and every piece of media it's been in use since then it's like everything uses that dude sliding on a bike this way with that camera angle and it's like I mean it's in Looney Tunes it's in Mm -hmm. everything like you've probably seen it a hundred different times and not even realized yeah it's funny to think that that was the first time when that happened right in film 1989 yeah okay but well the context of that moment is so fucking intense like it's great yeah, like I said, I don't think I've made it to that moment. Because like, I watched it. a bunch of Miyazaki, and I've recently wa- rewatched. Uh, well, my friend and my brother just watched Nausicaa for the first time. Dude, Nausicaa's... <laughs> well, and they're just like, this is uh, Tears of the Kingdom. This is Zelda. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, like it's <laughs> so similar to Zelda. Right. Like, There's a lot of influence drawn from Miyazaki and stuff for the most recent Zeldas. I'm watching uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie on... On, on tomorrow eve i am pr- i don't know if i'll watch them both tomorrow well tuesday's half price day at uh uh regals mm-hmm. if you're like a member or whatever but we usually go see movies on tuesdays but yeah i mean they're both like i'll probably see barbie first if i'm if i'm being honest but i do want to see oppenheimer oh i'm stoked um it may be showing an IMAX in Nashville. I don't know what the That's the is. thing with Oppenheimer. It's like, well, I do want to see it in IMAX to yeah. like fully get... Which, like the one at Turkey Creek, it's it's not like it's full It's not 70 IMAX. mil. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's the 4D IMAX or whatever. Well, the 4D is a different thing. Is that the one with the seats? Yeah. Okay, well, then it's not that one, but it's the next largest IMAX that isn't 70 mil. Yeah. Because we went and saw Batman Begins in 4D. Oh, I, I loved it. Hell yeah. It was like Thunder Road. You know, your seats are moving, <laughs> like shaking, like your back of your legs are getting hit Thunder if people are getting like tripped, you know, blasting water in your face. Like Angel hated it. Right but... in the in the episode comment things, if you know the reference of Thunder Road. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that. I mean, I guess that is a deep cut now. It's a deep cut now. Yeah. Uh, 20 years ago, it was a staple in your uh, amusement park, uh, you know. What that? What even is that building now? It's like just a... It's it's a different uh, roller coaster now. Okay. Because, I, I mean, I haven't been to... Don't uh, say it. Don't um, say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I, haven't been, I haven't been to that place since... Well, I mean, it's been about seven years, maybe. I went, uh, I think, a month and a half ago with the the fam took yeah. out and the brothers and all that 
Um, so yeah, the kid, the new kids area of the park, fire. Really? Yes. That's probably where I'd hang out. Be oh, honest. God, it's so good, man. Um, well, the, they took the water off the one ride that you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Trying to not, <laughs> not get spoilers for what we're talking about here, but. I'm just curious if anybody is going to take time to answer. (laughs) Well, do you know why they took the water off? At least what I heard. No, I don't know why. Snakes were in it. And a bunch of snakes fell on people. So they're like, all right, we got to get the water off this ride. And now you're just like, well, this ride doesn't make any sense. How about you just get the snakes out of the water? Yeah. yeah. I remember last time I went, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite ride. And I was like, where the hell is the water? Like, this is boring. (laughs) There's no point to ride this. Yeah. People have to know what we're talking about if they're from here. God, I would hope. (laughs) If if they don't, well, then come on the podcast and I'll inform you of why this is. Get in the comments. We'll we'll hash it out. (laughs) Uh, Well, Chance, man, since we just kind of rolled into the conversation, I didn't do an intro. So uh, if we can close it off by doing an outro intro and you can tell people where to find you, we'll call it uh, a session there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my website's www.professorrainbow.com. That's where I sell all my stuff. I don't have Folio up on there right now because Shopify's weird and it's just like a selling platform. And I'm trying to mitigate that or transfer it back to some other system that allows me to kind of have more of a portfolio website as well as like a sales side. Uh, Instagram at Professor Period Rainbow. Um, I'm on Twitch, still not posting anything on there, just following people. So do you, do you have a thread that you don't post anything to as well? I, I was never on Twitter. It was never my thing. But I kind of want to get a threads just to spite Elon Musk at this point. That's fair. Not that I think Zuckerberg's worthy of... Hot take, do you want him to fight? I mean... No, because it's so stupid, but yes, because it's so stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, so if they fight, who's winning? <sighs> Neither. <laughs> the most accurate answer. America's losing no matter what. Yeah, like yeah. that that's the right, right. answer. That's, like, that's the no line. one's winning that fight, like as as like a conceptual conceit. But I would love to see Elon Musk get his face punched in. Like that would be pretty I think cathartic. Zuckerberg's got his number because he's been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for quite some time now. Yeah, so yeah. cool. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, as like I said, I don't. I, I hate that Elon Musk is making me root for Mark Zuckerberg. You know what That's I'm saying? That's the worst part here. It's like, it? why am I rooting for this guy? Like he sucks too. <laughs> it's like uh, Jesus. That's how I feel in most elections. It's like God. Like why am I gonna have to go this way? Like this person sucks so Both bad. Both these people are terrible. Yeah, it's like I get. Yeah, so yeah, not to get political on it or whatever, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I might get a threads just, uh, well, cause also it already has like the, you know, it's by meta. So mm-hmm. it has like, you know, cool. Like you're on Instagram, like here's all the same people you follow. So it's like you built in followers and whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's an easy carryover. But yeah, I don't know. I, I got some hot takes sometimes that I feel like maybe, maybe I should post on something. I just never did Twitter. I don't know. I never got into I, it the podcast has a twitter but i forget to update it all the time exactly like i said i, I have social media and i i finished three paintings a few months ago never posted any of them i sold two of them one i still have and i'm like getting ready to sell i'm just like well that's also a long story but 
I made them for that art show I did with like Ben and Flamgoo and like all these people in Nashville, and I gave them to Ben to take. When he brought them back to me, they're all busted up on the corners and stuff. Like they fell off the wall and this and that. So I had to like, you know, refinish them, you know, fix all the damage. Finally did that. Still didn't take photos of them. Brought them to like this festival last <laughs> month. Like, you know, ended up selling one and sold one to a friend. So I still have it. But also like it was re-damaged or it was same day. But I noticed it was like peeling from like the backing frame. So yeah. like took it off i'm about to like wood glue it back onto a frame um but yeah i still haven't posted them <laughs> i'm really bad at social media well maybe one day he'll post them on his instagram and we'll all be so blessed yes uh, uh facebook is just chance Losher, which is you know I, it's that thing where i post on instagram and it goes straight to facebook but yeah i do some personal stuff on there maybe not that much anymore um Twitch, Professor Rainbow with like a dash between the names, I think. YouTube, still haven't posted anything. <laughs> um, You're just taking up space on the internet, friend. Yeah. I, I got <laughs> the platforms. I just need to make the content. But also, like I said, I kind of want to start doing like live play Dungeons and Dragons. So those would definitely be the place to catch those. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, I have that GoPro and I've made some time lapses, but never posted them. Well, it I sounds like you need to get to recording some D&D games. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right. Well, in six months, when I see you again in person, I'm going to ask you if you've recorded any D&D games. Well, like I said, we're finishing up one campaign, finishing up another. Like I said, I'm just going to try to start, like, find some local way to, like, introduce people to Dungeons & Dragons. Be like, right, hey, because like, that's the hardest c- part. Yeah, like, come here, I'll teach you how to play. Like, I'll run, like, a little one-shot with you. And, you know, if you like it, you know, do it again. If not, you know, sorry. Um, yeah, right. But, yeah, I need to get that contact about the, what you said, five comedians and a um Yeah, just hit, just hit up Brandy on, okay. on the old Instagrams. She follows the podcast page. And I think I follow her personal page. So, the info's there. Yeah, I'll Just Brandy it. Augustus. That's her name. So, she's easy to find. Um, but yeah, so I'm Thomas Zachary. This was the latest episode of KAAMP. That is the Knoxville Area Artist Network and whatever the P word is I care to say today. <laughs> and uh, this has been an, a, a good time with uh, Professor Rainbow, aka Chance Losher. Here's your outro music. <laughs>